The Tough Love and Second Chances podcast is written and produced by Tony Bennett on behalf of Edgar and reveals remarkable stories of those who refuse to be defined by their disability. The power of the human spirit shines through with examples of how hope, courage, and the opportunity to express oneself through the game of golf makes for a combination that can improve and even save lives. In March 2000, the European Disabled Golf Association was founded, so with the celebration of Edgar's birthday, it seemed like a good time to tell the story of at least a few of those years that led to the birth of the organisation, along with the first few years of its existence. Lots of people have been involved with Edgar over the years, and each has made their contribution. I caught up with two of those who were around from the very early days, Helena Brobreck from Sweden and Peter van Doyen from the Netherlands. Both have intimate knowledge of the challenges that Golf of the Disabled faced, how the organisation came into being, and how it brought people together despite vastly differing views. Our conversation weaves its way through the 20 years from 1992 to 2012, stopping occasionally for an interesting anecdote before coming to rest when Edgar felt it could go no further. Please enjoy my conversation with Helena Brobeck and Peter van Doyen. So it's my pleasure to be here today with Helena Brobeck from the Swedish Golf Federation and Peter van Doyen from the European Disabled Golf Association. Thank you very much for making the time to be here. It's a real pleasure to be with you. Uh, I'd like to start, if I can do, with you, Helena, because I know when we've been speaking before, you've talked a little bit about you started quite early in golf for the disabled. So could you give me a little bit of a rundown about how you got started? Uh, we started 1990. It was a rehabilitation center. They called me because they know that I'm, I was working uh, with golf for uh, disabled. So they called me and asked if I could have a training camp. So I called um, a golf club close to them and uh, for five days we were practicing you know, golf. And one uh, Sw Swedish Golf Federation, uh, a man, he was working with education program. Her name was Lars Tigerberg. He came over and looked when we were practice. And then he went back to the Swedish Golf Federation and said, I think we have to do a project because I think it's very good for golf for disabilities. So between 92 and 96, we have a project between the Swedish Golf Federation and the Swedish Sports Federation for Disabled. And the man who was working for the Swedish Sports Federation for Disabled, it was Kalle Rose. And after that, 96, uh, golf for people with disabilities uh, integrated in the Swedish Golf Federation. So you, you mentioned Kalle Roos. So did he have any real involvement in disabled golf at the very beginning, or was it something that was new to him? No, he, 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 he was playing golf. 
So, and when he met Lars Tygeberg in a conference, they were discussing this uh, for the, the project between 92 and 96. So, uh, they met, uh, yeah, they met at a, in, a, in a conference. Mm. Just going to come back to you in a second. I wanted to introduce Peter here now because Peter, you were having some discussions at that time around about 1997, and that was with some of the countries and that were already doing something in disability golf. Yeah, well, the, the first um, I, I, I came across golf for disabled people was one year, year earlier, 1996. Um, because my um, professional, uh, he was uh, having contact with what later appeared to be Balassa. And he said to me in 1996, September 1996 to be exactly, uh, he said three of disabled golfers are coming over to play a charity near Rotterdam uh, for uh, a young player who had a stroke and he was very talented, talented and he was um, um, they wanted to have some uh, money uh, raised for his further education because he wanted to be a professional. And I said, why I should go there? Because I didn't feel any disabled myself. I was, I was a golfer, uh, nothing more than that, in, in my golf club, and I was accepted there. And so I said, well, if, if, if that is okay for you, I will go there. And so we met three people. And that was my first uh, appearance uh, together with them. And they invited me to come over in 1997 in May for the Federation Games in, in Swindon, uh, Broome Park Manor. And um, I was, that was a shock for me, really, because, as I said, I had, I had no experience at all with, mm. with people with disability playing golf. And there I saw what, well, you can imagine people with disabilities, and they were there. Um, no hands, no feet, burned faces, burned arms, wheelchair, blind people, everything. So I was shocked to see that. But I was invited, so I had to play, and I did. And after three holes, I discovered that my vision, my opinion, was blocked by what I saw. I saw only disabled people. I didn't see the game behind it. After three holes I saw. And that was my first experience and on the way back, on the ferry back to Holland, um, I said to the professional and one of our uh, uh, ladies from our golf club, I said, what are we going to do now? Because we had this experience. So do we leave it? Uh, do we uh, have a, a personal uh, experience and that'll be it? Or Shall we try to raise or found uh, uh, an organization in Holland? Because nothing was there at all. So that was the reason why we founded, in, two, men, two months later, uh, we founded the Dutch Disabled Golf Association in June 1997. So this all happened on a ferry? The decision was made on the ferry because we had this experience and we were overwhelmed with what we saw after I had this, this problem, uh, so-called problem of mine, that I didn't see uh, the game, I only saw the disability.
And so we can understand people who said, well, it is not my cup of tea, golfers with disability. So I can explain very well that I had the same experience. So those conversations back in 1997, they were really with Sweden, from where Helena is, from France, from the UK, and from Holland. Yeah, that's it. That was the first ID, and it started very, uh, how do you say that, um, basically, basic. Basic was that we were uh, having some disappointment that nobody knew that there were tournaments in a number of countries. Mm. Nobody knew. We were, by accident, we were invited to come to Sweden, but there we met uh, Sweden, the Swedish Confederate, Helena, mm -hmm. Carla Rose, and, and the mm -hmm. players, Anders Israelson. Mm -hmm. he was, Sweden at that time had already a coach and a team. Mm -hmm. That was brilliant because nobody had. Uh, we, went, we met the France, we met the German, we met the Italians, and nobody knew that they were having tournaments in these countries. So we said at first, those four countries, we said, well, that's a shame. We should know. So let's try and find out that we are communicated with each other. And there uh, I start my secretary uh, job at the first time in early 1997 because I was appointed uh, to be the person that was gathering, collecting uh, the, all the information and send out to each and everybody who want to know. So how did that look? So you started off with some meetings or you started off with correspondence? Because that, this is pre-email day, really. Oh yeah, it was. And that was also the difficulty. But anyway, I was working at that time and, uh, and, and my, one of the people in my office, uh, they were really good in communication. So, uh, but most of it went by post or, or that kind of thing, telephone. Um, uh, but in 1997, the first tournament in Sweden, I said to, to Kalle, mm. we must do something. And uh, the German guy, Klaus Ahrens, uh, came and he said, yeah, we, do, so we, should, we should do something. Let's try to find out, take the first mm -hmm. step. We want, we want to have somebody who can uh, send information to, and he is collecting that, and he sent it around by, by, by post. That was the first reason to come together. Later on, we were having all kinds of IDs, because I have to mention that at that time, the only federation with knowledge about the game um, was the Swedish Golf Federation. All others were, to put it mildly, um, they were having knowledge at the level of a small golf club. Um, no referee uh, uh, knowledge no knowledge about the game itself and, and certainly no knowledge about uh, golf with his disability. And everybody brought his own ego and everybody uh, was telling stories about this is what we do in our country, this is what we do, we are allowed to do this in my country. And we have the group, the small group, he said, yeah, well, we are playing now uh, the, the, rules, the, the rules of golf. Can you give me a practical example of, of one kind of thing that was different um, between the, the countries? Bunker. Um Some people from some countries, they said, we can ground the club in, in, in the bunker. And they said, well, we don't. And uh, we start always our uh, tournaments by having a mulligan. And they said, we don't. We call it the three of the team. <laughs> yeah. and, and those kind of small items 
were brought on in discussion. And it was uh, from a fly, it went an, elef an elephant. Uh, uh, but th that was the difficulty in the, in the beginning, that people had to use their common sense that there are rules of golf, we're playing uh, 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 with the rules of golf, and uh, they were supposed to do that, and not between uh, people in a flight and say, oh yeah, let's do it like this, uh, are you agreeing to this one, and so on. No, we had to be like a police at, at, at every flight to, to see to it that uh, everybody was playing correctly. Um, so that was some difficulties at the beginning, but later on, um, the differences between the organizations came quite clear. Um, if I can make, read something, maybe it's clear what the, 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 the opposition wonders that the, the, the conflict? The conflict. The conflict. Um, this, is, this is what I'm going to read is from the newsletter of Balasa in uh, February 1999, talking about what happened in 1998. And Balassa, uh, just to British Amputee Les Autres Sports Organization. And this was the organization you were speaking to in the UK? Yes, in the UK. And uh, it was the only organization in the UK that covered all disabilities. Um, it says, it starts uh, with the European Disabled Golf Federation, who needs it, who wants it, who runs it. That was the three difficulties. And he said, the only real difference between the Europeans and ourselves is that their associations support a fully integration, integrated approach to disabled golf. We in the UK do not. For over 70 years, disabled golf in the UK has steadily evolved into well-established groupings. These are primarily the one-arm, the blind, the deaf, the amputees and the wheelchairs. These groupers in time form their own associations and each of these associations are separate and aut autonomous and will not tolerate any interference from outside agencies. And maybe I, I should mention that as well. I can't imagine, the golf coordinator at that time mentioned, I cannot imagine a more stupid exercise than me, a leg amputee, telling arm amputees, wheelchair or blind golfers not only how to play, but what they can or can't do. By the same token, the only advice that I would listen to would be from another leg amputee, and only then if he see were an above-knee uh, above amputee. That's one statement. But at that time, there were also people who had other ideas, the players from other countries. And one of them was from the UK, it's called Morris Abrams, and he understood the wider picture of what disabled golf, of golf for disabled, was all about. He wrote about the tournament we had in 1998. What's uh, it all about disabled golf? What's it all about disabled golf? It's about us getting together, some with a few problems and some with lots of problems. I love the one arts of golf society and amputee tournaments. This is different. It's bringing together disabilities of all kinds and it is superb 
you can feel the warmth between competitors on and off the course, regardless of where we live or what our disability is. Long may uh, it continue and go from strength to strength. So that is another sound that, that came uh, forward, and that's how we evolved in, in time, that we say, okay, this is the differences, but we have to use the differences and, and, and see that we come together in one line mm -hmm. that we can put forward. And that's what's happening later on in the pre-years before ETCA was actually founded in, in March mm -hmm. 2000. So every time we had to go to a tournament, we had meetings together, and some countries came to, or some private organizations came to it um, and brought in their ideas. Um, and so we had to, to take it step by step three steps forward, two back, three steps forward, etc. Uh, on every item, for every item. Uh, as an example, uh, the first what we call now paragolfer, was um, some kind of a tractor <laughs> uh, with a gold pack on it. Um, now we know better. There were, uh, in 1998, we had in Holland uh, our first uh, tournament there, and um, we, we, we showed uh, uh, some of the modern uh, uh, buggies at that time for single uh, use. That was that was a big difference already, but if you put the paragolfer next to it, well, then we are talking about history, really. Mm. Just want to go to Helena because you wouldn't have had some of these issues because immediately, and it was your vision that golf for the disabled should not sit in a separate organisation; it should sit inside of. Mm part of the Federation. So how were those conversations? How did you manage to get the Swedish Golf Federation to say, this is our responsibility, this is something that we should look after? Yeah. You see, when we had this project between 92 and 94, uh, it was two years first, and it was the government who paid us. Uh, after two years, the president uh, for the Swedish Golf Federation, he said, uh, no, I, I think golf for disabled should be at the Swedish Sports Federation for disabled. And then I said, no, no, nothing is going to happen there because they don't know anything about golf. So I said, try, can I have two more years? two more years uh, and I promise you that you're going to change your, your mind. So uh, it was two more years and after that they understand that golf for disabilities should integrate. Uh, and the first uh, tournament we had, it was 93. And it was in Sweden, and we had a sponsor called Samhall. It was Samhall Cup, the first tournament, just one tournament. And, and France, they came. So it was France and people from Sweden. And, we, and um, the people from France, they said, oh, it's so good that you have it 
in integrated in the Swedish Golf Federation. Uh, we are going to find out how we should do in France because we have a disabled organization. So in May 96, they had a charity uh, program uh, close to Paris and uh, they invited us. So we were four players and I, me, we went down and um, I had a speech there for the president for the uh, France Federation. I said to him that it's so important that you integrate in the France Golf Federation. And so we, we helped other countries to discuss that it's so important. What were the original mm. reservations from the Swedish Federation in those early days? Why did they think that golf for the disabled should, it should sit outside of the Federation? What was the initial thoughts? Because clearly they changed their mind two years later because of what you'd done and your team had done to understand that actually golf should sit inside the Federation. So what were their initial reservations? I, it was tough in the beginning because my colleague, they, they said that you're doing a very good job, but I wasn't integrate with a colleague. I mean, I had the competition. I have an, the national team and I, I'm working with the education program. But in the beginning, nobody helped me. They, they were looking at the competition and said, oh, that's good. But I think they thought the same as you said, that they, they, they couldn't see that it was a game for them to integrate. I think they saw all the disabilities instead mm. of the game. So I think they were afraid. People are afraid when they don't have knowledge. So I had a lot of people around me. Bjorn Håkansson, you know, mm -hmm. uh, what do you call it? Never sit in. And uh, Matthias Claesson. I mean, people around me, they, they said, oh, Matthias Claesson is playing so good. And, and he's also intellectual disabilities. No, no, I said it. So I have to talk with them and inform them. And Matthias Claesson, he said, don't be angry with them because it's that they don't have any knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I have, so I talk with my colleague, I talk with a professional and um, we have to take it's like two steps forward and one step back. And I think it took me 20 years. Now it's totally integrated. So the Swedish golf team, they are under the Swedish golf team. I help them, of course, but they, 
they get air, the clothes and, and, and everything. So they are the same as the amateurs or the professionals in the, mm -hmm. in the team. And is that the same for the tournaments now? So the tournaments are run by the Swedish Golf Federation Championship Committee or whatever that terminology is, as opposed to the disabled section. Yeah, I, I'm helping uh, the golf club now, but I have people, uh, you know, ref referees, tournament director and everything, it's, it's from the... Uh, so it's totally integrated? Not totally integrated, because I help, I help them, so um, well, with small things. So you'd be kind of like the specialist in that area. Yes. The consultant, yes. if you like, yeah. in that area yes. that helps all the individual parts of the Swedish Federation to understand what's a specific need in this yeah. particular case. Yeah. Because now we have we have a tour, we call it uh, a national tour, we call it Handy Golf Tour. And um, it's four, four competitions and a final every year. And I... We change the golf clubs every year. So it's new people, volunteers and the golf club, and they are very nervous in the beginning. I mean, they call me in January and ask, oh, ooh, what should we do? And I, we talk with them a lot, and after the competition, people said, oh, this was the best competition we had. Well, so that's, that's, that's the same uh, mm. in, in Holland mm. as well. When we came for the first time, mm. we had our tournament there. Mm. And, and, and later on we heard that the, the, the members were involved because golfers with disability came. So we have to put one or two um, forward case putters mm -hmm. because probably the ball will go everywhere. So we need to keep the pace, etc. So we put people, people in, in on the fairways. Um, but that was a surprise for them because the second year we came to the same club and they said, okay, we have two of us and two of members playing together. The third year we came there, we were two of us and playing against the members of the same golf club. Mm -hmm. So that is a, a, a change in, in mindset. Yes. This is kind of a normal journey that you've seen in other countries, I guess, as you've gone along. Still, still. Exactly. Still, and that's a, today it's the same. So... We're still now in about 1997, as far as as 1997, the Dutch, and, the yeah. Dutch Disabled Golf Association you've now formed. Yeah, that was, uh, and then um, uh, th that same year, we went in May to uh, to uh, to Swindon. In June, we founded the Dutch Disabled Golf Association. In uh, July, we went to Sweden for mm. the first time. Mm. Uh, after that, directly after that. We had uh, our stand, we got it for free, at the KLM Open in Hilversum. Um, because of the tournament director, he's called Robbie van Erven Dorens, um, he gave us for free. And you must know that this guy is a very tough guy, so he never gives any, anything for free, except for us, to our surprise. The background of that story is that he has a nephew he was disabled and he was a good golfer, a very good golfer, so he understood. And that's what you need because uh, the, the, the tournament where we were playing for the first three years, the, the same golf club, the president of that uh, golf club, he had an eye problem. He was um, uh, physically disabled at all, so we understood. 
the country side, the other side of this is that I wanted to organize a tournament on another golf club and the president said I don't want it, it's not my cup of tea, I don't, just don't want it. And I said, okay, I respect your opinion, however, uh, it should not end like this. Uh, shall we play nine holes and then shake hands and go whatever we want to do? And he said, okay, we do that. And after nine holes he said, is that all? He said, <laughs> yes, that's all. Completely wrong um, imagination what the Zermatt Golf should look like. Mm -hmm. Maybe he said in his head that, oh, what about my members? What would they, they think about it? Uh, can I do this? Can I take this decision? And then we, after, uh, we played nine holes. He said, is that all? And, and that's the change mm -hmm. of the mindset. I think we see that a lot and certainly in my experience as soon as people actually see a tournament with mm. golfers with mm. disability yep. their mind is completely changed. I, I always said you have to see it before you believe mm -hmm. it. Can I, can, um, in 98 I think we have um, Samhar Kopi in Ian Shopping. Before I went to Ian Shopping one of my colleagues uh, he, he said, where are you going? I'm going to have uh, uh, Samar Cup, or like uh, international uh, com uh, competition. And he said, where in Ian Shopping are you going to play? Uh, what do you mean? Ian Shopping's golf club, or golf. Oh, I thought you were going to play in the park. <laughs> <laughs> There's another example of the mindsetting was completely wrong, and sometimes you see it even today, that this is a surprise to people. I play competition in, in my golf club, and every time I play with a competitor, they say, you, you can play good. And they say, but what do you thought? You were, it was a, a run over or something like that. And so it's, 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 it's still today. It's still today that you find people who never saw it before, didn't uh, understand or can't imagine mm. uh, that mm. we have players with a one handicap or even a plus handicap. That's impossible for them in, in their mind. So they have to see it. They have to be convinced mm. by practice. And that's why it is so important that we play uh, competitions and, and tournaments everywhere uh, uh, in an on an inter international basis. I guess for the layperson it's, it's an easy thing to get it wrong because the international symbol for disability is it's the wheelchair. wheelchair. Yeah, of yeah. So that's yeah. what they're used to that, and that's their, maybe in often times it's their preconception mm. that disability is a wheelchair and yeah. you can imagine mm. a golf director mm. or a golf manager or a president thinking well I've got disabled people coming mm. here, they're all going to be running mm. across my greens in mm. wheelchairs and mm. of course that's anything but the truth. Mm. There's only a very small percentage of the players that actually yeah. play in a wheelchair yeah, yeah. and it's nothing to do with the wheelchair that they see symbolised on every bathroom and every hotel and every parking place. It's a very different kind of wheelchair as we know. So I guess it's understandable but you're 100% you're correct in what you're saying that we have to, tell, we have to help people to understand that yeah. this actually is about golf yeah. and not about disability. In, in the first years it was difficult to... to, to to, to define some road where we should go because we're, we had all wild things that in, even in the first meeting we were talking about Paralympic golf 
Uh, and that we were convinced that we were a Paralympic golf was earlier than normal golf. And all kinds of, of white um, ideas uh, we, we, we had. And we were, it was important that um, we had the meetings with the president of the Swedish Golf Federation, mm -hmm. but also Bernard Cartier, he was an executive of the French Golf Federation. He was at the first meeting in Enchipping in July 1997. Um, he said, he, yeah, uh, he said, he understood us. And he said, I'm, I'm very convinced that you will succeed. However, be careful, don't rush it. And try to, to convince people first and be gentle to them because they will not understand it. So if you come uh, to them and you say, we want this, I said, don't do it. Don't do it because you will get the wrong answer. So, 97 to 2000 was a period of discussions with... Trying and error. Trying and error. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we were the small group, uh, uh, Color, you and, 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 and me and Klaus Arns, uh, a short period. Um, they were committed, they were determined. Um, they were also fighting against um, what is not real, not is not accepted. We didn't accept what we feel that people were thinking about us playing golf, because it was an exceptional situation, which they didn't understand, so why bother them? Uh, so that was a, a, a real tough period that we were playing as much as, as possible tournaments around in, in Europe. And, and I must add what you said, uh, Helena, uh, it was merely uh, more than once uh, uh, said that if um, uh, um, Helena was not there, disabled golf didn't exist in Sweden. Mm. That's what they say, mm. and I think it's true. By the end of 99, you were approaching some kind of decision for maybe doing something on a European basis? Yeah, well, it was first we had uh, this small group. We, we had any, there was no connection at all. Then we formalized a little bit that we mentioned that we are going to have a steering committee. And the steering committee was Colin, me and Klaus Ahrens from, from, from Germany. And the next step it was that we uh, were uh, thinking and it was accepted that we should have some kind of an uh, uh, an organization, an international organization and uh, with the definitions of impairments because I must say that in the beginning it was wild west. It was wild west because there were no rules, so-called, yeah, there were the rules of golf, but uh, who, who is able, who is allowed to play <laughs> in those tournaments and who is not? Because of what? Definitions of impairment didn't exist in the beginning and we were very lucky to have Peter Curl. He was an orthopedic surgeon uh, in the Red Cross Hospital in Stockholm. And he came forward, because he was asked by the Swedish Golf Federation, give us some document mm. where we can say, you are eligible uh, 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 to play and you are not because of this. Mm. Not a personal opinion mm. about people. So that was 1998, very important step forward. Another uh, support uh, in, uh, for us was the first modification of the rules by the RNA in 1998. So that was a big step forward as well. 
so we formed the steering committee and we said now we have to have some official uh, thing and um, uh, we were agreeing that that should, name should be the European Disabled Golf Association. Uh, just the name came up, I don't know who said it or, or came forward, I don't know, but that was it. And uh, that it, we should fund it uh, officially. That was done in March uh, 2000 in Germany with the German Golf Federation. And uh, it was uh, Dr. Barbara Rosner who was uh, one of the executives of the um, uh, German uh, Golf Federation. She was hosting uh, this event. And uh, at that um, um, particular um, uh, foundation, is that a foundation mm -hmm. area, we had uh, Colorados from Sweden, uh, Peter van Dijn from Holland, Klaus Aarhus Germany, Hordar Bardal from Iceland, Hans Müllegaard Denmark, and Jean-François Kresse from France. Um, that was the, fun the founding of the ADCA, and directly afterwards we had the first General Assembly mm. in which we accepted the, 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 uh, the definitions of impairment. And that was also the time that we accepted the uh, first um, um, uh, protocol, no, not protocol, the constitution of, of ADCA. The constitution of ADCA was written on an island in Sweden, no, but small island, what can we reach by boat only, because we were taking color boat, color Rose's boat from his summer house. We were going to this island, sitting for hours on the rocks, writing, thinking what would a constitution of that curve should be looking like. We had no opinion at all, no experience at all as well, but that was on an island, sitting on a rock, I can feel it uh, still uh, some days. Um, but we, we, we managed to get there, we managed to get there and it was accepted. And I must say, to be honest, it was partly stolen from the uh, constitution of the IPC. And so from that constitution, Edgar started to move forward and grow. Yes, yes. And those first few years of Edgar must have been quite an interesting ride. Yeah, because now we had to have official tournaments and we had to educate the golf clubs, the golf organizers, the referees, uh, the volunteers, what they could expect exactly the same as it is today. Mm. However, um, that was uh, the lot of egos that were running around were still there. And, and even the referees, we had to, 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 to push them to say, if something is wrong, they should be, have a penalty, they should have uh, penalty strokes. Mm -hmm. uh, don't think, uh, oh, he's disabled and, oh, yeah, I know, he shouldn't have done that, but mm -hmm. no, you have to punish it. And mm -hmm. that, that was a difficult step forward for the referees to do. And that gives you the mindset of the people at that moment. They say, uh, disabled players and can I do this? Yeah, I know that he do something wrong, but can I punish him with giving his penalty strokes? You, you, you will yeah, it's, that. it's the same. Yeah. 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 So this this going forward mm -hmm. had also some difficulties, even to organize tournaments. What to expect? 
in what kind of handicap categories we were playing. Uh, the, the, the golf system, we were using uh, the handicap system, uh, so it was based on performance, and we had only three categories, mm -hmm. zero to nine and, and so on. Um, so all kinds of step forward, we were organizing ourselves. We having the definitions, we have the ranking, we have uh, uh, this, this, the categories. So it moved forward, it improved every tournament. After every tournament we had uh, this uh, elevation and put the, the good things forward as well and take it with them to the next tournament. Mm. But that was, I must say, quite struggling. Uh, uh, first to get the found, founding of EDCA and after that do it well. And then uh, in, in the, when the years come, uh, we had uh, the Federation of uh, Norway, uh, the Federation of Finland came to it. Um, we were called uh, for mediation uh, in Spain. There were two uh, organizations, private organizations, who couldn't work together and the Federation said, I want this done. So uh, we, <laughs> Roberto, Kaya and me went down to, to Spain to, uh, to play the mediator role. And we succeeded, and the federation took over. So we had all kinds of roles mm -hmm. uh, to to play. Uh, nothing to do with the game itself, but in the organization part, it was very important that there was somebody, um, as an association, that could be uh, called for help. And uh, so we managed to to have this growing of private organization at first. Um, until there was a moment that we, in my opinion, and in opinions from others as well, um, couldn't go any further. And then we are talking about 2012, around that area. Peter, tell me a little bit about those early days with the language, because clearly you've got different languages to deal with. You've got people from Holland and France and Germany and UK and all these different languages, what was that like? Different languages and different cultures? Both, yes, both were a problem. Uh, a problem. Uh, well, imagine that you, you are from the UK and so you speak English, obviously, and um, start with thinking that everybody understands what you are saying. And I can promise you, in the first days of, of uh, Golf for Disabled, it was not understood by uh, all of the people, especially uh, people from France, Spain, Italy, Germany. Uh, prize givings were done in their own language, so if you play a tournament in, in Germany, the, the prize giving was done in German, and the same in Italy, and the same in France, and the same in Spain. Nobody dared, even from the Gulf Federations, they didn't dare to speak English, especially, no, not especially, but uh, uh, except by the Swedish Gulf Federation, they were speaking English so that everybody could understand. Uh, but that was surely a, a difficult part to make people understand what we really were up to with playing uh, golf for people with disabilities. Uh, yes, it, it was a, it was a, it was a, a thing to do, yes. It was difficult. There was quite a bit of promotion for golf for the disabled. And how did you start to do that? Because there was nothing originally, and then all of a sudden people started to talk about it, and you were raising awareness. 
we're raising awareness, and even um, then you you must be uh, you must be lucky to run into somebody who understands what we are doing, and he could make the combination about the the company he was working for, and that the first one was uh, Zeiss. It was uh, 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 glasses, uh, very good glasses. And he had, at that time, they invented orange glass uh, because they say with, if you wear, as a sunglass, orange, the color orange. Uh, because then you can see the ball better and it was a, a hype at that time. And they want to have a double check, so they asked me to, uh, to take a video while I was wearing this, these glasses. And uh, then the, 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 the line under the, the pictures and the videos, which was on the television for quite some time, said this is one handicap less. And uh, so, but you have to be lucky. That was one of the examples that uh, people started to think, yeah, why, yeah, why not? Because that, that's the first. No, that was the first reaction, because they don't understand. And then it started to change, and they said, yes, why not? And that was the combination of finding people who were interested, uh, not only from a private situation, but also from uh, the company and the marketing they were uh, selling. I guess companies were beginning to get more interested because clearly there's players with prosthesis that are playing with either leg or arm. And of course an extension to a prosthesis would be, and you mentioned it previously, the tractor type affair, which eventually yeah. has turned into what is now today the paragolfer. Paragol yeah. Well, that, that was an, uh, a, a range of, of different things, because in the beginning it was laughable, uh, maybe it's the wrong word, but it was all kinds of vehicles that came to the golf course and one was sitting backwards and, and driving backwards, uh, for the other one was having the, brought in, in this tractor. And the other one had found something that they couldn't, they were sitting and they couldn't, they, they could turn the sitting to the outside so that they put his knee, his feet and then could play the ball. So all kinds of vehicles came up uh, to the golf courses until the moment that we covered, discovered the, 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 the development of the paragolfer. It was an, an, an enormous step forward, uh, and nowadays we can't even imagine that we started with a tractor type of vehicle. It's not that long ago, though. Helena, you will know this better probably, is that I think around about 98 or somewhere in that region, you played the Sam Hull Invitational. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, a gentleman called Brian Alden, who was a seated player, yeah. he won. Um, yeah. One of the prizes then? Yeah, he won. And this was in Ian Shopping in 98, and he won the net prize. And it was one thing, it was so good because it had rained a lot. And he had been sitting, I mean, sitting, so he had been up on the greens. So I was a little bit nervous about, oof, what are, yeah, oof. But. Uh, the people who were working on the course, one of the guy, he came to the prize ceremony and he said, Brian, I want to say to you, you are, uh, I couldn't see anything on the green. Nothing. So thank you very much, Brian. Yeah. Mm.
This has, been a, this has been a difficulty all along is that sometimes golf directors and greenkeepers have been a little bit frightened of having the wheelchair players on the golf course. There was another problem to be solved, problem to be solved because then the greenkeepers came into the discussion. Um, first we had the, the management of the golf courses, then we started to have the discussion with the greenkeepers and they said, mm -hmm. oh my greens, you are not going to do with this tractor on the golf course, or on, the, on the green. I say, yes, we do. But, no, well, panic, mm. panic. And then we had to explain that their own mowing machines were twice, three, uh, or four times heavier than what we were brought on, on the greens. And another example that people, and even the greenkeepers, should understand that people are uh, sitting on those, those type of vehicles. They certainly know what they are doing. So they shouldn't be afraid of that we are damaging in one way or another the green the greens of but it was an ex a step forward that the paragolfer and the the vehicles before were accepted on the greens so this is all kind of part of the awareness raising the awareness yep. the education yes. oh yeah and that's something that's that's been part of edgar from the very early days yes and first of all also that we are uh, educated the professionals in, in we started to have this course for professionals in holland uh, after we had this international event, uh, some kind of a workshop in, in, in uh, Boxkogen in, in Malmö, mm. uh, for the first time, that education was brought into the picture. Because um, we, we were asking to our PGA in Holland, and also the PGA in Sweden, what are you doing with educating uh, future golf professionals? Uh, do you have anything in your edu educational program that is uh, uh, referring to golf uh, for disabled. No, it wasn't. And uh, we arranged uh, a workshop at Docker and Golf Club where we had uh, 10, 15 uh, uh, golf uh, players with disabilities. We have uh, several PGA people from different countries uh, to uh, show what uh, disabled golf was all about and to have the discussion uh, between the players and the professionals, what the, 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 the players expect from a professional when they are being having this education. That was another uh, example of uh, putting the game forward. I'll come back to Box Gorgans shortly, but I remember that, and I remember that the Ryder Cup European Development Trust were partially sp uh, the yep. sponsors of that yep. event and the sponsors of that program. Mm -hmm. um, but I will come back to Box Gorgans in a minute, but I'd like to just take you back to the very beginning again just to talk to you about your relationships with the various big bodies because I've just mentioned the Ryder Cup European Development Trust which is part of the European Tour um, and also part of the PGAs of Europe but also you've got very good relationships and have had long-term relationships with the RNA and also more la more recently with the EGA. Well it was it was Rather in, in the beginning already that we mentioned in our minutes that we uh, would like to be a member of EGA, not having any idea that it was impossible to be a member of the EGA, but it was just we were convinced that we were good enough to be a member of EGA. And uh, so we, 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 we had contact them, with them. We had talks in the office in, in, uh, in, uh, in Switzerland um, with uh, the, the secretary. Secretary General, uh, he was from from, from, uh, from Sweden, 
and um, we wanted to have um, um, uh, a promotion for uh, golf for the disabled at their annual uh, meeting and um, to show and to 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 yeah to show them what disabled golf is all about in the, the 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 annual meeting of EGA we managed to do that after a couple of years uh, to do that Roberto Kaya he was that at that point he was uh, our president uh, he had this uh, this uh, this PowerPoint presentation and it was quite successful um, Everybody seemed to understand the picture, and some countries came up to us and said, I want to know more, like Israel was coming in towards us and some other countries as well, um, because they were triggered, probably, uh, triggered by, hey, this is something new for us, maybe it's something what we can do in our country, because we were on the right spot, uh, because everybody was there, EGA, RNA, and everybody was there. Uh, so it was a good promotional uh, thing to do. Uh, it was after a, a number of years of trying uh, to, to get that far, yes. The first European Championship, surprisingly, happened before Edgar happened. Yep. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, that took place, and I'm going to revert back to Helena on this one, because that took place in Tillerson in yep. 1999. So that was one year before Edgar was formed. So can you tell me a little bit about that championship? Yeah, I think it was really good uh, championship, yeah. And Tulesand, uh, Halmstad uh, Golf Club, uh, they have arranged a lot of, of European championship before. But this was the first step for uh, disabilities. So um, um, really, really good. And I think we had a meeting there. Um, we, we went twice to to Tilesan. If I may interrupt you, in 1998, Peter uh, Peter Kohler was uh, was presenting these first definitions on the, on the second floor uh -huh. in the room, which is now the office of, of your coach. Yes. Okay. And that was in in, in 1999. We had this this European Championship. Mm. So this was kind of an unofficial championship. It was yeah. official as far as. As the group was concerned, but it didn't really have the Edgar badge on it because Edgar obviously didn't no, exist. No. But then, in 2000, it did have the Edgar badge on it because they started with the European Championship in 2000, and that's been running for for obviously all that period of time. Yeah, yeah, every two years, and in between we had the Swedish Invitational. That's that. What was the and then the Invitational was you can tell them more about it that we invited you invited yeah. the best players. Mm -hmm. From around the world to uh, to play in the Swedish uh, Invitational. I'll come back to that in a second, but I, I want to keep more or less in order because over the period of time you then got more people playing, more countries involved, and I think England and Sweden used to play match. I think that started back in two thousand and three. And uh, if you can tell us a little bit about that match, it would be nice yeah, to hear. Yeah. Yes, I I met. Um one player, he was here, and he, his name was Bob Stewart from, uh, from Littlestone. And he inv invited us to come and play against England, so Sweden against England. So we went to Littlestone to see the qualifying day for uh, uh, the Open. The Open. 
and uh, then we played at Little Stone two days and then we went to and uh, I think it was three years after that uh, we invited England to my uh, home club Stockholm's uh, golf club. We talked a little bit earlier about some organizations that were not federations and Peter alluded to the fact that the, the knowledge base was not quite so good from some of the people that were in the organization because it was more of a club type knowledge whereas the federation had a lot more knowledge and, and there were some, some tournaments that were run by federations but there was also some tournaments that were run by other organizations that didn't really understand golf and you certainly alluded to that earlier when you mentioned that golf should be with the federation and I remember you talked a little bit about maybe an event that you went to in Switzerland Yes, it was an event in 2005 in Switzerland. So we went there and it was marvelous. Everything around and they, yeah, uh, because it was Omega who was the sponsor. But the golf course, it was a Mickey Mouse course in three, I think it was nine holes or something like that. But that was good because it was a lot of people from other countries and we were talking about that and said that Edgar we have to say that it should be normal golf <laughs> golf courses just as, a, as, a, as, an, as an evidence <laughs> that people were starting the wrong thing <laughs> because golf as a disability was coming so let, let's make it not too long for them yeah. we yeah. have a short yeah. course yeah. and that was their way of thinking but that was everywhere we have to convince them they have to to prove them that we can hit long shots mm -hmm. and that uh, uh, some of our people were not able to do that for instance i remember the first hole on um, maria bilthausen in germany the first hole mm -hmm. with the pond just in front of you and that was a discussing from from here to eternity about that wheelchair golfers couldn't play this course because they couldn't reach the other side of the pond. Mm -hmm. And how to solve that problem? It's another proof that nobody understands the game, mm -hmm. really understands mm -hmm. the game of golf at all. Um, anyway, that, that was a, a proof that in Switzerland yeah. that this one was having the wrong ID. The wrong ID. It was meant very good mm -hmm. and it was useful and it was happy that we could do it there. But um, it was a little bit of wrong thinking as we speak from now backwards. Mm. Always easy to look backwards but not so easy to go forwards and certainly in those early days Edgar was an association of both federations and also organisations that would be classed as disability organisations or private organisations. Mm. Yes. And I would imagine that that created quite a number of interesting discussions in board meetings and in different meetings that you had because yeah. clearly they're coming at it from a different mm. view. Yeah. So can you tell me anything about how that all transpired? Um, well, we tried to avoid uh, that we were having a clash uh, in, in, in during uh, um, this, this general assemblies and, and workshops and so on. But we we didn't succeed that all of the times, but sometimes sometimes we had 
discussions, for instance, as we had a new uh, constitution. That was a problem that we couldn't overcome. So many different uh, opinions of people who had no legal backgrounds at all, mm. but uh, wanted to present their ideas of what the constitution should look like. That was very, very difficult, and then it was going to the end, what I call the end. Either we are putting the rudder completely to the other side, or somebody does put out the light of Vetka. It, it wasn't impossible, it wasn't possible to, to go on with that. Having this, this discussion on minor things, uh, or people were discussing people where they, they didn't have any knowledge about, and, and it was continuing, continuing, etc. But that was around 2012, something like that. But you mentioned 25 in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And the same year, we had uh, the uh, European, the so-called European Championship in Spain. And that was a very special step forward again, uh, I must mention, because the prize giving was done by Sergio Garcia. And the tournament was made possible from the Garcia Foundation. And his mother, you know, Sergio is a family man, you know, his mother was arranging all of the caddies during the tournament. And I was lucky to have his mother to be my caddy. And she was organizing all of the, the ladies of the golf club. And she, the, 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 all of the ladies were caddies at, at that tournament. And the Garcia Foundation, they paid for everything, and it was an absolutely step forward. He was there to do the prize giving. Nobody knew that he was coming, and uh, suddenly somebody started the prize giving, and he had to interrupt. I said, sorry, but we have a guest. And that was nice, nice to have. Yeah. The room would be in uproar. Yes, sure. and it was also proving that a, a, a Garcia Foundation saw the possibility of golf for people with disabilities. And it was a professional uh, tournament player who saw it, because he, he happened to knew a lot. Um, so I, that, that was another, another step forward as well. And I do remember uh, one of the tournaments, he opened on a Saturday morning, and I, I, I saw this, 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 mm. this interview, and it was amazing. Uh, it was amazing to see that he knew a lot of, of, of the golf for disabled, especially for ex-servicemen. And that all of those examples were were good for us to to, to promote uh, our our game. So brick by brick, you're building the association. Yeah. Brick by brick, you're building the awareness of golf. Mm -hmm. yeah for the disabled in the wider golfing community. And you had some presidents over the period of time from the very beginning. Yeah, uh, that, that's, uh, the first was logical because uh, we were talking with, in 1997, 1996, 1997, with Carla Rose and, and you. And uh, it was a logical uh, point that we started to be with Carla and me and the German guy just as a person who, doing, who, who was doing something. Like uh, I was the secretary, that I was collecting the dates, and to the next meeting we were asked if it was okay that Carlo was the, the chairman and I was the secretary, and it was always accepted. 
one step further, we had this steering committee. We asked if that was okay, that Carlo was the first, the chairman, and I was the next one. Until it came to an official side, so we had to choose who was doing what, officially. And Carlo was uh, chosen because of the, the, the years before, he was a logical choice to be the first president. Uh, and he did that for quite a number of years. And um, Then it was Robert Kaya? No, no, it was Hans, uh, and, but not for long. Um, uh, he, I think maybe two years or so. And uh, after that we were, uh, we were having an organization but no president. Because he was more or less suddenly disappeared. And um, uh, then we were open for a new president. And at that time, in those years, that we had a lot of tournaments in Italy. And everybody was, there was more than 100 people were playing in some of those tournaments. So it was a great success. And everybody liked to be in Italy. And everybody liked uh, to, to Roberto Caia, who was doing an enormous job, not only in ETCA, but also in, in, in Italy, uh, in different uh, situations. So, uh, the, the position was open, and he was also a logical choice that uh, Roberto was the third uh, uh, president um, in, in, in Etka history, yes. And he did also that for a, a num quite a number of years as well. I met Roberto in, I think it would probably be 2011, maybe a little earlier, but I think in 2011, and I'd come back to Boxcogan there. Because okay, I, I meant to interrupt you. We met because after I found out that the education program was not on, on the, the, the PGA course, uh, I was advised to, to call the PGAs of Europe. And there was one guy called Tony Bennett who was uh, responsible for education at that time. And I called him and I suggested that we were having a meeting. But knowing your, didn't know your travel program um, at all, it wasn't possible uh, to do that in, in maybe in, in month. The only possibility, because I, I didn't wait, I was not so, I wanted to have this meeting. And I said, okay, wherever you are, where can we have this meeting? And it was on the airport of Frankfurt. There we was meeting, and I said, well, you have to tell me now, because I have half an hour for you. And that was Robert who was with me at that point. Exactly. So that was 2011, yeah. Yeah, I remember that very clearly, because we were there for, uh, I was there for another meeting. And um, I remember the meeting, it was in a, a hotel, and we just met in the corner of a bar. Uh, all these best stories start off with a meeting in the corner of a bar. But we met in the corner of a bar and we had, yeah. a, we had a sandwich, I think. We didn't have a beer, we had a sandwich. Yeah, we were... Uh... And um, I remember that. And from that came a, a further meeting which we had in Holland at the week 11 that yeah. the, the Dutch PGA put on. Yeah. And then finally we had the meeting in Boxcoggen yeah. where we brought together a group of experts mm -hmm. and those experts started to talk a little bit about what the possibility was for a, an education program, and we had the benefit of using those, as you said, as you mentioned earlier, ten or fifteen players, yeah. uh, three or four coaches that were there that were already working with players with disability, and some educationalists. And between the the group, 
over a couple of days we created a, a kind of a skeleton of what an edu education program might look like. And so that was certainly my first, my first contact with the European Disabled Golf Association. But that was an event which I think you called it the Swedish Invitational. Yes. And that was, I think, in 2011. Yes, uh, it was 2011, and, um, and we had this competition 2011, 2013, 2015, and 2017. So every second year we have the Swedish Invitational, and it's the best player of the world. And, uh, and uh, every second year we have uh, the Swedish Open for Disabled. And uh, it's up to 26.4, I think, in mm -hmm. golf handicap. Mm -hmm. But what I think we must mention here as well, that the, the, the going forward with the medical side mm -hmm. of, uh, of uh, EDCA organization, because 1998, Peter Curley came forward with the first uh, part of the definitions of impairments, but it has to be... Uh, changed and, and, and so on mm. over the years. Mm. Um, at a certain point, um, and, and in the beginning was Peter Köhler and Jean-François Cress. Mm. Uh, he was a French uh, doctor from... Um, um, he was a doctor... And, and he was sitting in a wheelchair, so uh, he was a doctor for a laboratory. Laboratory? Laboratory. And... Um, at a certain point in the beginning, I met Professor Eismann. He is from Holland, and he was um, a professor in uh, rehabilitation medicine. So they could talk together, Peter Köhler and Professor Eismann could talk together about rehabilitation mm -hmm. medicine. And those three, they developed uh, this, this definition of impairment further. And uh, later on, we had a second doctor in, uh, in, uh, in Holland that was um, the current uh, professor, uh, Hans Aronson, who were working together with, um, with uh, Professor Eismar, Peter Köhler, and Jean-François Kresse uh, up till now. Jean-François Kresse stopped at a certain point. Um, Eismar is still there, but is taking the work. His work is being taken over by by Hans Aronson since quite a number of years already. But he's still around, and still interested, and uh, so that's an, that's a, a step, a number of steps forward in that area as well should be done because it was very important to make people understand that this is not just fun. This is really based on something. It's mm -hmm. a definition of impairment. It's it's a, uh, not a meaning of persons. It's it, it's clear that we want to have fair tournaments, and tournaments based on documents. It's an essential part of what Edgar does. Certainly, yes. Okay. And certainly, from the outside world, they look at the definitions of impairment as being some kind of guarantee yep. that the golfers that are playing are truly able to play to a, a standard that allows all players with all kinds of disabilities to be able to meet on a more or less level playing field. And I'd just like to discuss that a little bit, if I may, which is there is a body that suggests that each individual impairment should play 
with only people of the same disability. And then there's another body of thought, another train of thought, which would suggest that players of all disabilities should be able to play together uh, to cross-fertilise their experience and get to know each other. So you will have had many conversations, I'm sure, over the years mm. about what is the right road to take. It depends on who you speak to. If you speak to the players, I think you'll have the same experience mm -hmm. as well. The players were uh, delighted to play with all kinds of different disabilities. Mm -hmm. They were all happy to play with uh, professional players who, was who were disabled because they could learn from each other. And you say what I read about uh, Morris Abrams, that it was something different than the people who had, uh, what do you say, um, amputees, only uh, blind or only deaf or whatever, this was different and in that sense it was not only a guarantee for the players itself that this is being done because of a document, it was only important for the, the official organizations like the RNA, like the EGA, like uh, Ryder Cup European Development Trust and others, that this is, this is not th something that people in, in, in want to do, no, it's based on, on the rules, it's based on the documents, it's based on the definitions. So that was the basis for us where we could go ourselves and put forward. So the alignment of what Edgar does has taken us from 1997 all the way to the present day and clearly that alignment has got much closer oh, yeah. and now clearly it seems that there's a lot of parallel areas of, of alignment, some areas where it's absolutely under one umbrella and where it absolutely is on the same path. Um, what do you see for the next four or five years? And I'll ask that question to both of you because I think you might have maybe slightly different views. My idea is that the main thing that we are facing now is integration. Um, now that we are saying there's integration, now that we know that we are going to be worldwide, it's not an affair for European countries and European organizations only. Uh, we have now 26 countries and by the end of this year we will reach certainly the 30 federations worldwide. So having said that, I think this is, this is going forward. You, this is, cannot be stopped anymore. This is this running its own uh, pace. But uh, at the same token, I think that going backwards and say and see what 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 did we achieve at this stage and we should be very careful that we are not staying on our own that this game should be played integrated that we have able-bodied and disabled play together I think that is that should be done for for the more attention to that point so that everybody think it is quite normal yeah. if you stand yeah. on your head and you play handicap 20 somebody can say well it's not a nice look but it is what it is and now it is that we should be very careful we must not put ourselves outside the world of golf it should be an integrated game yeah I can see now in my organization, the Swedish Golf Federation, we have we have the Swedish Golf Tour. I mean, for for uh, able people, yeah. yeah. And uh, now they're saying we want Joachim Björkman to 
have a wild card. So next week he's going to play in that. So I I I understand that my people, my colleague, they are thinking about golf for disability and how they could help me to that everybody should me meet under the same umbrella. It's a demonstration mm. on another level. Uh, as soon as we, mm. the top players of us going to, probably going to the, uh, the uh, Emirates Australian Open, uh, it's another yeah. example of proving yes. that we are ready to do so. And it's not just you should be uh, taking care of us because we are disabled. No, mm. we are good golfers. And uh, I think that that's that's an, an important step forward as well yeah. so that we can be that we can show the mm. world mm. That, that's top level golf, and and we are playing there, mm. and we are making a good result. I'm sure about that. Mm. And people say, how in the world is that possible? Going back 20 years, it would would have been crazy. You would probably you would have top mm. uh, because you're talking rubbish. Uh, it's not, because now we know that people are going to play international tournaments for professionals, yeah. like the, the Portugal Masters. We have a wonderful relationship with the European Tour, and because they understand, uh, like others, that this is very important because it's golf. Mm. And, and a number of people are playing that, not only professionals, but amateurs, people with mm. uh, a disability or, or able body. Mm. It's a game for all of us, and that's what I said. Promotion on, 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 on the top level where it, where it belongs, being on television. But all those types of different steps, uh, companies who are interested, television are interested, um, um, organizations, official, RNA, EGA, uh, European Tour, IGF. We have a wonderful start with IGF in 2010 when we first wrote the first bid book for trying to access for, to the Paralympics. We didn't succeed, but we learned quite a lot of it. All those steps have been taken, um, and I think the progress we made is absolutely great to, to see. I just want to say something about that. I, Hendrik Stenson is the amb ambassador for, for, for Handicolf, and uh, it started by that we have a Swedish golf magazine, and he was the player of the year. 2012 and 2013. So he got a small money, and he said, "Every those he said, I wanted good to give it to Handicap." So I wrote him a mail and asked him why he is giving the money to Handicap because I I like to help people. To, to, to have the dreams of being a good player or something like that, he said. So I told him, do you want me to be the ambassador? And he said, yes. So now he have foundation and every year he helps five golf clubs to have a buggy or a paragolfer or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, he had a he won the Open and he got money from Royal and Ancient for three years to do something. So now we have had 
Henrik Stenson Handicap in Bashebeck last year and this year, three days. And he is so professional. We have 12 handy golfers, and it, it's, mm -hmm. it, it's the Swedish golf team. And it's both category one and two. And one is physical and two is intellectual. And so they are there for three days. And he is so good. He knows the names of them and he loves to be with them. For instance, as an example, what we have seen, the experience we had in the Portugal Masters, um, that the first year we were playing the 18th hole after the, the last professional was left. Um, with our own group, the second year we were company. Every Pride was accompanied by a professional player. Uh, the first time I was there, and uh, we had demonstrations on the on the on the driving range. We had demonstrations on the putting green. And what happened is that you you can orchestrate that. You you can't do that. It's just happening. That uh, players finished their rounds, put in their card, and looked what's going on there, step over the fence and started to putt with us, with the, the people and so on, because they liked it. Mm. And this is what what I call the new level of, of uh, promoting the game of golf as it is, mm. playing together. If professionals like it, we, should, we all should like it. It's been an absolute delight to talk with you. Thank you very much for your time. I've taken plenty of it. <laughs> and I wish you all the very best in what you're doing here in Sweden. I think you're doing a great job and I'm looking forward to seeing more events and more integration in Sweden so congratulations for that and please give my thanks to the Swedish Golf Federation for everything that they do. And Peter, you're a very valuable member of the Edgar team as the Executive Director for General Affairs, so membership, and you mentioned memberships going yeah, up, yeah. so you've got plenty more work to do, but thank you very much for your time. Thank you. And thank you very much. This was an Edgar Player Story, supported by Ping, helping golfers to play their best. For more information about Edgar, please visit edgargolf.com. Stay tuned for the next Tough Love and Second Chances podcast. Ping. Play your best.